It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. Together, we make up the Locked On Bengals podcast, your only five times a week daily podcast about your Cincinnati Bengals. I assume you're a Cincinnati Bengals fan if you're listening to us, although I know a few of you out there are not. Go find us on YouTube. Find us anywhere you get your podcast. Make sure you hit that subscribe button if you like what you hear, if you like what you see on YouTube, hit the follow button anywhere you get your podcasts because then you'll get us on your phone, on your mobile device, on your computer every day. And that's the easiest way to do it. James, we're going to start today with injury updates because for the most part, we have good news as we had Zach Taylor speaking to the media on Monday. And it starts with Joe Burrow. Burrow went to the hospital with a throat contusion, one of two throat contusions in the AFC North on Sunday. The injury that you've never heard of before suddenly afflicted both Joe Burrow and Cleveland Browns linebacker Jeremiah Owosu-Koromoa, which is a, a big... That's pretty good. Look at you. That was name. pretty close. Yeah, we haven't even seen the Browns yet this year, but uh, Joe Burrow's okay. According to Zach Taylor, precautionary. Doesn't sound like there was any serious concern. Was maybe having some issues with his voice, apparently, which can be indicative of damage to, you know, your, your throat, trachea, larynx, the, the voice box. Those are the things that are concerning in that part of your anatomy. But Joe Burrow's okay. And Jesse Bates was also injured on the last play of the game. But Taylor seemed optimistic there as well. Called him shaken up. But sounds like he'll be okay. So we'll see. On Wednesday, the only bit of bad news is Trey Waynes, who has just another freaking hamstring injury, the, the third one that Trey Waynes has dealt with this year. Yeah, brutal. Brutal for him. I mean, two games into his Bengals tenure, essentially, because uh, he missed off last year with the pectoral injury, and now he's he's going to be down again, it feels like. Now, who knows? Maybe he's a, a, you know, a quick healer. Uh, this time with the hamstring, but the fact that he missed three games with it, he was holding it, got hurt on the, the final play of the game. Lou Romo talked uh, on a conference call with us on Monday, and it just didn't feel optimistic, and that's that's just crappy. It's crappy for the Bengals. It, obviously, they're paying him a lot of money. They think he could make a big impact on defense, and we haven't seen him at 100% yet. We've barely seen him at all, and uh, obviously, if he misses more time, that means more Eli Apple, some Darius Phillips, and uh, a secondary that was together for maybe just one game, which is just uh, a starting secondary that was together for just one game. That's uh, brutal, brutal, brutal. Yeah, they were like, okay, in the game, they had some issues losing Devontae Adams. Ben Fennel, who works for NFL Films, is also a Packers fan, has a really good play breakdown 
of like one of the deep ends that looked like a busted coverage where Cheeto Wuzia tries to pass off Adams to somebody in the zone and there's nobody there to take him. And it's because it's a four by one formation and it's designed to beat that kind of coverage, I would I would guess. And it does. I mean, Cheeto could maybe be aware that there's a corner route going behind him that the inside defender is carrying and he has to break in with Devontae Adams there. But that's a, a pretty tough call for Cheeto in that spot. And so, um, you know, the defense in that secondary, besides a couple plays for Devontae Adams, who is as good as they're going to see all year, besides maybe Tyree Kill, as much of a test as they're going to see the rest of the way, uh, you know, they, they played pretty well. But the good news is Jesse Bates won't miss any time. And Joe Burrow, more importantly, won't miss any time. And it looks like the game plan here. And the trajectory we have seen is less early down runs, more on Joe Burrow's shoulders. And that has Mm -hmm. been the trend the last three games. Unfortunately, didn't quite lead to a win against the Packers in a game that we all know they could have won. But at least there's nothing to worry about with Joe Burrow long term, judging from Zach Taylor's comments on Monday. Yeah, he's back at the facility, didn't spend the night at the hospital or anything like that was released on Sunday night, back at it, probably studying film and hating that second interception specifically because it was just bad, just really, really bad. And it's what uh, Zach said, and we can get into more of the situational stuff. Uh, But then uh, another wrench, and and it's not injuries, but uh, a a wrench in things. Um, Well, one injury, we got to mention Jordan Evans out for the year with the the torn ACL. So that sucks. It looked bad uh, initially, and and so – Joe Batchy, I would guess, if I had to guess, from the practice squad would replace him on the roster because he could do some of that special team stuff, some of the stuff that Jordan Evans does. So we'll see. Might be wrong on that. And then um, the the other thing is the COVID-19 reserve list, something we haven't really had to see and talk about with the Bengals this year. Jackson Carmen and Samaj P. Ryan both go on that list. So a multitude of, of ways that affects the Bengals, right? The first one, Carmen, well, obviously, is your starting right guard. If he can't play this week, then it's going to be Deontay Smith making his first NFL start on the road against the Detroit Lions. And then Samaj Pirine, well, Joe Mixon's still a little dinged up, and he played through an injury. Hopefully he didn't re-aggravate it at all and can get more snaps this week. But if not, you know, you're talking about Chris Evans, Travion Williams, and a limited Joe Mixon potentially against the Lions on Sunday. It is the Lions. However, the Lions, despite the fact they could be two and three if a couple things go a different way, you know, they lose on what? They're the first team in ever or or for a long time anyway that have lost on last second 50-plus yard field goals or something like that was the stat. But the Bengals are road favorites here. By the same point margin, the Packers were road favorites in Cincinnati. So that's the way Vegas sees this shaking out but great point about the covid list and and i had a conversation on twitter today you know what why not move quentin spain to right guard and let jackson carmen play where he played in the preseason and my thoughts here james are you mean deontay smith yeah sorry let deontay smith play where he played in the preseason move quentin spain instead my thoughts here are quentin spain's playing really good left guard for the bengals this year you know he he looks more like he did I said this on our on our show with uh, Peter last week, playing more like he did, I think, with the Titans than he looked 
last year when he was moving around all the time, learning a new system. Then he looked with the Bills. So a bit of a bounce back season for Spain. So, you know, I, I prefer if you have to make a position weaker, which maybe you do, maybe you don't with Deontay Smith at right guard. Why introduce the risk of doing that at two positions, right? With forcing Quentin Spain to switch sides and, and get away from where he's very comfortable on the left side. So uh, we'll see what happens with these COVID list guys because they were negative they were positive tests i should say but from the way zach taylor talked about it and correct me if i'm wrong here james both players uh, sound like they're vaccinated and so what that means is if they can get two negative test results this week 24 hours apart they can potentially get back for sunday although i don't know if we have seen that happen in a one-week period yet anywhere else in the nfl correct so zach didn't come out and say they were vaccinated, but yes, that's the rule for vaccinated players. And he said that was what they were going by. So there is an outside chance, but certainly not something you want to bank on or really hold your hopes on. Like, for example, if Jackson Carmen was on my fantasy team, obviously he's not, he's a lineman, but I would completely have a backup plan in place and not expect him to play. And so Deontay Smith, come on down. You're the next contestant at right guard for the Cincinnati Bengals. And there's, Honestly, a non-zero chance that he could be he might better. Be an upgrade. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Jackson Carmen had some issues, and I know it's Kenny Clark, but he also had some issues with Dean Lowry. And so let's talk a little bit about this because there's a lot being said about, you know, Zach Taylor can't call plays. Zach Taylor's decision making is bad. And there's probably something there, but I don't know, you know. I don't know how much of it is play calling and that seems to be a real focus. I'm sure some of it is, Mm -hmm. but I'm also sure that we as external observers don't always know what we're talking about. So we'll get into that conversation and what some of the things that went wrong with the offense were coming up next. Football season is in full swing. And like Jake mentioned, who else, but the Bengals favored against the Detroit lions this Sunday at Ford field. Will they get it done Well, if you think so, maybe you think they're going to lay an egg on the road. Well, either way, you can bet in one spot, betonline.ag. Plus, Jamar Chase, suddenly the new rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year favorite at betonline.ag. You can wager on him right now while he's hot or pick one of these quarterbacks if you think they're going to overtake Chase in the rookie of the year race. That and so much more in one spot. They have the most odds, props, contests, whether it's NFL, whether it's college football, maybe you like boxing. Did you see that huge matchup where uh, Fury took down Wilder over the weekend? You can wager on all things sports with betonline.ag. So go there now. Use your computer or mobile device to sign up. And when you do, use promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Take advantage of this free money. Again, promo code Locked On at betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Did you know that Jamar Chase is on a 16-game pace, and there's 17 games, 16-game pace, 
for 1,459 yards and, well, he scored a touchdown per game. 16 touchdowns. That would be... Do the gritty, Jake. Do the gritty. Drop it for him on YouTube right now. Come no. on. Do the gritty. I, I don't know how. I'm not a professional dancer, James. Come on. Uh, Jamar Chase, really, really good. Really good rookie season. So congratulations, the Bengals. They seem to be doing well with their number five pick. However, their second round pick, Jackson Carmen, I, I was pretty pleased with his play the first couple of weeks. He yeah. looked like a rookie in some ways in the run game in particular. Uh, flip the script a little bit against Green Bay was better as a run blocker in a lot of ways, but uh, where where it really matters, the thing that you and I care about, the thing that we talked about all offseason is pass protection, and he was regularly getting pushed into Burrow's lap, taking away yeah. places for Burrow to step up into the pocket, giving up you know batted passes at times, just generally giving up too much ground, and while it may not have shown up in the way of you know giving up a sack necessarily and he might have even given up a sack i can't remember but just their number of plays where because of jackson carmen's play joe burrow couldn't do what he wanted to do on the play i'm about three quarters of my way through the tv copy rewatch right now and i've already counted maybe three four plays where not getting the protection set or a bull rush or Something like that has affected Joe Burrow's throw and has taken away like shot plays, right? Like deep shots that that could have been there, that could have changed the trajectory of the game. And so while it's never all on one player, so far as I've rewatched this offense, I, I found too many plays where Jackson Carmen's protection has given up too much. And so, you know, this is something, you know, he's a rookie, he's young, there's plenty of time for this to change. Not a good game for the rookie on Sunday. Well, yeah. <laughs> to me, going into the Steelers game, what do we say? All right, it's his first start, just don't kill him. Well, from what you've said on your rewatch, from just the amount of pressure that was on Burrow, he kind of derailed key plays, key areas, key moments, key things that need to happen. This offense as it's struggling at best right now, honestly, based on the talent. I think Jamar Chase is hidden a lot, like they're 15th in scoring offense right now. How about we take away, and you can't take them away, but like the the off-script deep ball yes, yeah, on Sunday, like that's not anything other than Burrow and Chase finding a way to make a play. And so I don't give – that. that's kind of like bonus. That's extra credit. That's not the credit. And uh, so, yeah, when, when you have those plays where – a guy derailed, and it's not just Carmen, any offensive lineman. I'm not trying to be mean to him. It it completely throws this offense out of rhythm as they're trying to get into a rhythm and hit their stride. And I, they need to find a way for that not to happen. The pass breakdowns, like I, I and this might not have been a Carmen one, but the the most devastating hit I thought Burrow took wasn't the one that everyone remembers. It was the one in the first quarter. He was throwing that deep ball, that deep shot to Chase, and he gets hit in the knee, and it was just a free rusher. And it was the like on the right side. I don't. It I don't wasn't know. Carmen. No, no I don't think one, so. The 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 Packers on that play. I had a conversation with Mike, who we'll hear from tomorrow, and we'll talk about it. But the Packers are showing that they're pretty wide. I think on the defensive line, there's two linebackers, so it's three guys on either side of the center. And the Bengals, for whatever reason, decided to slide left, and Hopkins just doesn't see the blitzer creeping down. 
And so to me, that's Hopkins late to react and, and sliding sure. left, which appears to be the call, but the, the pressure comes from the right. So it's something that was tipped off pre-snap and the hard counter or, you know, before the ball was snapped, Hopkins could have picked up on it and he just didn't see it in time. And, and so I think that's where he was late. And so that bleep, because I'm not going to say stuff because it's worse than that, can't happen anymore. I'm, I didn't see Aaron Rodgers get hit like that yesterday. Burrow's taking hits and some of them are on him and I get it. Some aren't. And the ones that aren't can't happen anymore because it's just, he's too valuable. It's too painful. And he, I don't know if he was himself after that hit, honestly, like I said, he was gimpy. I said it on, on the, the post game show. So uh, when it comes to Carmen, yeah, I think it was his worst game. Um, it, and you look at the grades and stuff and it's just like, man, I, I was hoping you would move forward. And the problem is, is when you have a game like that, Let's say he does play this week. Now Detroit is going to test him like crazy. And that's what's happening with Hopkins is these teams, they, they see it. They know Trey Hopkins doesn't look like his normal self. Let's test 66. Let's go after 66. Let's test him and try him. Oh, and they put a rookie right guard next to him. It's going to happen this week, by the way, if Deontay Smith is in there. So that's a, a huge concern. And the, the fact that that popped up on your rewatch is just like, man, you, you have to find a way to – to keep him upright enough to where he's not taking these hits like that. Cause those are the type of hits that can rattle you mentally. And I know he's mentally tough and all that stuff, but he's still coming off of a, a devastating injury and you get hit like that. And it might take you a couple plays or a couple series to get back into the groove of the game. And I don't know how much it affected him. Like I'm sure it had some effect, right? Like, like you said, if he's, if he's limping a little bit afterwards, if it's in his head a little bit, I personally, I didn't, I didn't notice anything break down from, from what I've seen so far, you know, maybe it rushed his process a little bit and, and that's why he threw some of the throws underneath when perhaps he had time to let things develop a little bit more. Um, it's hard to say it's impossible to say, and he's never going to sure. tell you, even if you ask him. Right. And so, uh, you know, maybe it affected him, maybe not, but, uh, regardless, the entire offensive line and not just Carmen did have their issues against the Packers. This is pretty well noted at this point. Jonah Williams was really good in pass protection at left tackle. I think Quentin Spain was pretty good at left guard, but from center all the way over to Riley reef, Riley reef was okay. He was fine, but not great. And that's what, you know, we're, we're kind of coming to expect at this point. He's steady. He's fine. But overall, the protection still needs to get better. Not something for the record that I think Penny Sewell would fix. And we'll get our first look as, as Bengals followers at Penny Sewell this week, Penny Sewell versus Jamar Chase, who will be victorious, right? Big, big showdown between the wide receiver and the offensive tackle who will clearly go head to head. Speaking of struggling, he, he, uh, he struggled this past yeah. game, gave up some pressures to Everson Griffin. So Trey Hendrickson, do your job. Yeah. Definitely. But, you know, the the point here in this overall conversation is there's been a lot made of like, why are we designing plays for Drew Sample? And why is Samaj P. Ryan on the field so much instead of Chris Evans? And why aren't there more throws to Tyler Boyd? And the blame has gone to Zach Taylor for this. And you turn on the game and you, you watch those players and it's not Zach Taylor who's dictating that that's where the ball goes or that it doesn't go. 
it's it's Joe Burrow's decision making and the plays that he has called for him, and it's the execution of the offensive line and letting Joe Burrow make the decision and get to the intended target for the play. And the offensive line did limit them a little bit against the Packers, and Joe Burrow at times made some decisions that maybe weren't optimal or left some throws on the field because he was getting hit or something like that. But there's probably a lot more to talk about here around the Zach Taylor conversation because it's not that he was perfect. That is not what I'm doing here. I'm not defending some of his decisions down the stretch in particular, but but I, I think they require more nuance and context than you can get to on Twitter, which is where I've seen a majority of this conversation happen in the brevity of 240 characters or whatever fits in a tweet. So let's talk about that a little bit more, James, to wrap up the show coming up next. Winter is right around the corner, and there's nothing worse than being stuck on the side of the road with unreliable transportation. And that's why you need to use rockauto.com. I use them. You should, too. And let's be honest. You should subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already. And the best part about YouTube is you can you can see and hear things. It's not just a podcast, right? So guess what? If you're not a do-it-yourselfer that knows how to change your air filters in whatever car you drive, you can look it up on YouTube and get your air filter from rockauto.com like I did. And suddenly you become a repairman or a repairwoman and you can handle it yourself. You can be one of those do-it-yourselfers. So it's something really easy and rockauto.com is perfect for those type of people. Or maybe you are a full-fledged mechanic, which I am not. And it goes beyond changing oil and it's that next level stuff like a fuel pump or, or like a fan or fan belt or anything like that. Timing chase, something real serious. You can do it all and get the parts that you need right now for less at rockauto.com. They've been in the business for more than two decades. Check them out at rockauto.com. And when you're there, be sure to write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. While you're talking about YouTube and Rock Auto, it occurred to me, does Rock Auto have a YouTube channel? Turns out they do. And they explain some stuff about cars. So there you go. Go check it out. Let's talk. uh, Let's talk about Zach Taylor. Something else that might need some explaining as mysterious to some as vehicles are is Zach Taylor's decision making in this game. And they had a couple punts from the 40. Or, or the midfield part of the, the field, right? And and they were uh, questionable, let's say. Um, plays that you might have wanted them to go for. One of those punts near midfield came this, after. This look, is, this look is questionable. What he did was worse than questionable. Keep going. Fair enough. Uh, Good God. James, James had his hoodie, for those of you listening in your vehicle or something, squint, scrunched up around his face. He, he pulled the drawstrings on it just to paint like, a picture for like, you. Yeah, like Kenny from South Park. Think there that. you go. That, that's much more 
succinct of a definition, but one one of those comes after Joe Burrow gets hurt. You don't fault him for punting after Joe Burrow gets hurt. It sets up like a fourth and three from their own 47. Maybe they go for it if Joe Burrow doesn't get hit by Darnell Savage in the knees on that play and slam his head into the ground. Um, has to go to the blue tent. The other one is a fourth and nine from the 41. The other one is a fourth and 12 after Quentin Spain's holding penalty. And I don't think... It looks like a hold. Quentin Spain didn't hold anything. Maybe there's hands to the face there if the ref really wanted to call something. It looks like a hold because Rashawn Gary, the 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 Packers rusher, tries to change direction as Burrow tries to get upfield. But uh, you know, it is what it is. It got called a hold. the The real questions for me come in the management of the end of the game and the three straight runs to set up the 49 yard field goal because Jamar Chase had just caught. A great back shoulder play from Joe Burrow for 21 yards, and and then they just take it out of Burrow's hands. It's not like there's clock to worry about at this point. And yeah, maybe you trust Evan McPherson from 55 and in. Uh, that would be my my guess. Although they didn't try anything in regulation from 57, they did at the end of the game. The three runs in overtime to take the ball out of Joe Burrow's hands. It just, uh, it's it's hard for me to make sense of. And, and I get it because, like, on the one hand, I guess if they trust their kicker, then it's safe to run the ball three times. But at the same time, you, you can't be playing for a long field goal. And they were bit by it because he missed the kick, right? And so I, I don't necessarily even put it on McPherson because the Bengals could have made it easier for him and, we we got what we got instead. Yeah, well, it's his fault. Make the damn kick. He knows it. At the same time, if the Bengals are going to get where they think they should go, and Zach Taylor is going to be this coach, well, damn it, go win the game. Go call a play that you have this whole you know four plus quarters of defensive film. That I get it, it's in real time. But there's not one play you could go to on third down to get you 15 yards. Not three yards, not six yards, 15 yards, where now you have another three plays if you want to run the ball like crazy because suddenly the Bengals are this dynamic running team. And I get it. Some people are saying, well, Mixon got the first down. Well, maybe he did, but they didn't say he did. So I I don't know how he, on third and five in regulation, when they're literally could line up for a 60-yarder, and hands it off to Samaj P. Ryan. He only gets three yards. I don't care about the light box. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many guys were in the box or if it was, you know, you run it there because you could get five and Samaj P. Ryan's running well. I don't care. I, I would never have done that. And the same thing goes uh, on that third down. At least one of those three plays. Chase was great. I would have rather trying, uh, you know, a go ball to chase downfield than three straight handoffs. And they kept hitting it. I mean, they, they the 21-yarder the was a go. And they go back shoulder with it, uh, or maybe it's a Tyler Boyd play where you dial it up, and and you get eight yards, or maybe T Higgins decides not to drop one and you you, you target him. Like there's just so many options, and so the the fact that they handed it off three straight times, and you're banking on a rookie kicker. He's still a rookie, and he just missed one. Now, if that kick, I watched it three times. The 57 yarder was a 55 yarder. I think it hooks in. It was just 
hooked so much. And it, at 57, it hits the post. 56 even, it might just squeak in. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know why he, it felt like he was trying to sneak away with a win instead of take it. And I don't think this team is good enough to have that type of mentality, especially against the Packers. They got to say, all right, we're going to run this, beat us. And it's funny, Jake, you look around the league right now, the Chargers, everyone's talking about on top of the AFC. Oh my God, the Chargers, they're aggressive as hell. And and they know it. They, they, they know they got their quarterback. They know they got the weapons and they're like, all right, beat us. Cause we're going to come to beat you. And I just, I thought that's the mentality Zach was going to have this year and he didn't have it on Sunday for whatever reason. Yeah. You make a really good point, especially about the overtime that the third and two run, like you take it from being a, a 50 yard kick to a 49 yard kick. What, what are, what is that really accomplishing? You know, to take a shot there for sure. Like I, I get, I, again, I get the thinking, right? Like, you think you should be able to run for two yards. You, you like the look you get or whatever. And so you feel confident that your guys can do the job and get two yards. And if they don't, you feel confident in your kicker. So I get all that. But what, what you know, if you don't get it, would you rather take a shot at 15 yards or, or even like a slant if you want to go with quick yeah. and give them a chance for yards after catch? Or, yep. you know, you go four yards, four yards, one yard in the run game when when you go heavy too. So it's not like they even spread it out and try to catch them off, catch them off guard with a draw play or something like that. Which you know maybe if they still have Geo, this is a place where they would use a running back like that to to run a draw play. And um, it, the the other thing that I want to talk about though, James, because that one, I mean, to me, pretty clear there. You know, like try try to get more yards than two yards on that third down. This has been a problem for them on second downs, I think as well, where, you know, there've been some times on second and four, second and two, we've talked about where, you know, they've run the ball to try to get the first down, which is great. Getting first downs is good, but they also could use those opportunities to try to do a little bit more. Uh, but the, the drive to finish regulation, the way they managed the clock, I, I found really perplexing. Green Bay had one timeout. The Bengals had two. They they're they're going short short game right. They run the ball, or sorry, they pass the ball uh, over the middle of the field to get to a second and short two minute warning. They run the ball, clock runs. They they get to the forty five with a minute thirty left. They they throw an incomplete pass at a minute ten. Again, Tyler Boyd with a minute left. Thirty seconds later, Burrow has to roll left. He has to throw it into the ground, and then there's forty seconds left now, and. My thinking here is if you want to start bleeding the clock, you've got to get deeper into Green Bay territory. And I don't know what happened on the first and 10 play yet. We, we don't have all 22. Burrow didn't like his look. He threw it into the ground. Probably a good decision, right? And given, given Joe Burrow's tendency to really try to stretch a play and make it happen if he can, you can safely probably assume there is nothing there. And then Samaj P. Ryan goes out of bounds, which I wasn't sure he did when I was watching live. I haven't had a chance to see the replay yet. Uh, maybe he did. Maybe the call's right. And then you have third and five and the clock has stopped. Green Bay, you know, has a timeout. You're at the Green Bay 42-yard line. Or sorry, you're at the Green Bay 47-yard line. And from here, it's a 62-yard field goal. If the Bengals wanted to try to kick it, they probably wouldn't. 
uh, I assume maybe they would just go for it. But to me, why aren't you just in, first off, why aren't you just in go for it territory from the first place? You have those timeouts and they run the ball. And if you're going to go for it, like maybe that's fine. Green Bay has to use their timeout. If you go for it, you don't make it. You're giving Green Bay the ball back at the same point anyway. But they send McPherson out there, which given where they are, you can't really fault. But to me, that third down play, you should put it in your quarterback's hands instead of Samaj P. Ryan's hands, in my opinion. And I, I think that it's even four down territory if you don't get it instead of trying to kick a 57-yarder and – that gives the Packers a chance to get back in the game. So, uh, you know, they could have lost it in regulation right there. They could have won it in regulation right there if they had done things a little bit differently or maybe just executed a little bit better. Yeah, and, and they're going to say that, you know, if we hold this block, he gets the extra couple yards and then they can run the clock out, all that. But again, do you want the ball in Samaj P. Ryan's hands, Samaj P. Ryan's hands, or Joe Burrow's hands? And I'm fine with, by the way, Burrow – throwing it to P Ryan or throwing it to Mixon in these situations if needed, but handing it off with the game on the line, very rarely should that happen. Like say it out loud. Should the chargers put the ball in Justin Herbert's hands or should they hand it off? Very rarely. And I, that's a very basic hundred thousand foot view without getting in any in particulars. You'd be like, Oh, well you want the ball in Herbert's hands. And if he has to check it down or dump it off, they're fine. It's just it. And and so, no, I, I agree with you. And I don't know why. One, they they just needed another first down. Like, even if he makes the 57-yarder, there's 23 seconds, and the Packers have a timeout. Like, you're nervous. <laughs> That's not good. That's scary. They wouldn't have had a down. timeout after the running play. So they use their final timeout after the running play. That's okay. Well, still, there there was a way, and they did this such it's such a good job against Jacksonville to do that. Mm-hmm. And make sure that the, the Aaron Rodgers never touched the ball again. And that's how you have to handle those situations. So that's my beef with that one as much as anything. And all you had to do was get another first down, and you can bleed the clock all the way down. One yeah. second, all right, let's go. And what's your best shot at a first down on third and five? Joe Burrow or someone else? The answer is Joe Burrow every time. And if, you, if it's incomplete, it's incomplete. It's a 60-yarder versus a three-yard run from Samaj Piran and a 57-yarder. Uh, to me, it's not that different when you look at the gain it, that you could have if you had thrown it, even if it is for seven yards or eight yards, how much difference it, difference it could have made in the game and in what you're doing, given where they were time-wise and everything like that. And they could have gone for it. They could they could have run two plays there. They, they could have just gone for it. Because that's if you're asking what would the Chargers do? They put it in Justin Herbert's hands twice, Right. That, that's probably what they do. They probably also, well, the Chargers do a number of things differently that we won't get into right now because, uh, you know, Brandon Staley had a nice week against the Cleveland Browns. Thank oh. you, Brandon Staley, for beating the Cleveland Browns, by the way. The Bengals still in the playoff picture. Despite the loss, they have a chance to go to 4-2 and two this week. We're going to take one last look at the All-22. We'll be back tomorrow with Bengals Sands for our film takeaways. Until then, Bengals fans, who day? Have a good one. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.